Welcome to AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get support and guidance through the chaos of parenting. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. Today, I am talking to Chris. He is the producer of Unstuck, an OCD kids movie. This is a phenomenal documentary that follows kids who have been diagnosed with OCD and walks through their treatment and how they're working to fight the OCD. I love this documentary because it really helps normalize OCD to children because it's children talking to children directly about their struggles. And I I find that the biggest issue initially when kids come to me with OCD is feeling like they're crazy, feeling like they're alone, feeling like there's nobody on this earth that gets it or understands it. And that's so far from the truth. And kids are very visual. They learn from watching. And so this is a great documentary to show kids and to use if you're a therapist in your practice to show kids like, Hey, this is what it is. And this is the type of treatment that helps it. So I had a great conversation with Chris. He's such a down to earth guy. And it's interesting to hear how he came about making this movie with Kelly Anderson, the director. And actually, I'm going to have her on the podcast in the future, talking about her story and how she came about making this documentary. But today I talked to Chris about how his daughter, Vanessa, developed OCD, how they discovered it, kind of their progression through treatment. They were actually really lucky because one, they caught it really early. They had a great therapist that was able to detect it and tell them, you know, play therapy isn't the way to go. You need to get into an OCD specialist. And they were actually very lucky in a lot of different ways in their progression through treatment. And he talks about that. He also talks about things that he learned and ways that he helps as a parent when he knows it's not his battle and the way that he gently encourages Vanessa to work on her OCD. I I thought the balance was really nice that he makes it fun. He's also firm, but he also knows what is her battle and not his battle, which I think is the struggle that we all as parents deal with is finding that fine line. Chris is a really big part in kind of building up the momentum that has been going for a few years now on educating people about OCD and getting more people out there talking about it so we can normalize it and educate people on what OCD is and what it is not. So also don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. They come out every Tuesday and I'm constantly bringing you new information about anxiety and OCD. But without further ado, let's go talk to Chris. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. It's good to talk to you in person, talk to you via inner email. <laughs> I know it's uh it's great how I think we connected. I'm not sure if it was like Facebook or Twitter, but uh, it's good to talk to you here and um, build that screen to screen connection. <laughs> yeah. We'll be in New York soon. So we'll, we'll meet, meet face to face. I, I think a lot of people know about your documentary. Um, a lot of people have talked about unstuck and I, I want to get into that. But I think it'd be interesting to also hear your backstory about how OCD came into your world and into your family. Sure. Um, Vanessa had 
when she was eight years old. She is about to turn 13 now. So about five years ago or so, um, she just had a month where she just became a completely different person. Uh, It was coming off of like um, some incidents with the family where we had a good friend who passed away from cancer. She had a kid at school, had cancer. She had an issue where she was sick. We initially thought it might be something called pandas, uh, but basically um, she was, uh, my brother was in town and they were, school was out and she and her sister were um, spending the week with my brother here in New York. And, you know, we had left for a couple of days to, to work and then we would come back out. And during that time, my nephew got a tick on him and it was like a flip of a switch. Vanessa wouldn't leave the house, go near him. She totally freaked out. She, it it extended not just to him, but uh, um, things she was eating. She was checking labels. It was like, holy, what happened? You know, she wouldn't spin around. She wouldn't run. She was like, I don't want to throw up. I'm going to get sick. Uh, So we really had no idea what was going on. Um, We knew something was wrong. And it was like, why is this panic attack happening? Um, And that kind of sent us down the road of what's mental health wise is going on. What is this issue? Um, We were very lucky early on in the, you know, both my wife and I had experience with therapists. So we kind of knew that might be something we need to deal with. We had um, a woman at my wife's work who, when she was describing what was going on with Vanessa, she was like, kind of sounds like, like, have you looked at this thing called OCD? Um, and that started us down. Let's Google stuff and see what it is. And then that's lucky. Yeah. And then like, uh, her school, we, it was like during, I'm talking, the time period I'm talking about is let's say a July and the beginning of August. So within a span of like six weeks, we were able to, my wife also had like a, uh, she was on the PTA and there was a meeting with the, the summer meeting of the PTA. So she talked to the principal and said, but this is going on with Vanessa. Do you know any therapists? And we got her into play therapy um, very quickly. Um, and the play therapist within like a meeting or two said, I don't think I can help you. Um, I think this is, you know, something bigger. Um, so we, you know, looking back on that, it, it um, it's rare. It's not often that I think therapists will tell you we can't help you. Um, yeah, I think that's actually kind of lucky. Yeah. Because you could have been spinning your wheels for a really long time. Yes. And you hear a lot of stories where people will say, oh, we were with somebody for a year, six months, just wasn't working. And initially it was helpful. It was just helpful for Vanessa to have somebody to talk to. And we knew that she had to get help. So like that therapist basically said to us, you know, I'm better than nothing. I will stick with you until you find an OCD therapist. In the meantime, while we were, you know, while while Vanessa was still doing this therapy, we found um, somebody to diagnose her, somebody. And so it happened, the person who did like the intake diagnosis uh form where they kind of meet you i don't know what the name of the test yale something (laughs) yeah um so when they the luckily the therapist that did that for us also um practiced exposure and response prevention therapy which we knew at the time was something that vanessa needed so we were interviewing therapists and it just turned out that the one who who kind of did our diagnostics uh, ended up having space and vanessa started to go to therapy so within you know let's say this the incident i referred to early on uh, with the tick was like, let's say the end of June and by the end or middle of August, she was already at an OCD therapist. So it moved pretty quickly, wow. even though that was like, you know, a really hard summer and a very panic stricken summer. 
Um, Vanessa had a hard time, you know, she was even had like superstitious fears, like stepping on a crack will break my mother's back. We used to get phone calls during the day. Are you guys okay? Um, rocks in the street worried about radium. There was just like, everything was an issue. We had no idea. Every, everything was an issue. Um, and so we eventually started down the road of OCD and OCD therapy. Um, and then, you know, let's say, uh, took a good, let's say year and a half, two years, uh, to really start getting better um for her um, we started down um you know therapy was helpful initially then it kind of took a couple steps back but you know we just kept at it kept doing exposures got a lot of good ideas um read every book we could uh on ocd and you know trusted that the process would work and then vanessa eventually started to have some victories and then um you know once she really about a year in she had a really big victory there's a scene in the film when she talks about like touching a tree, hugging a tree, that really, that was like a year of every day, us like inching closer to the tree. And then one day it was just like, she did it all. And that was a big victory. And once she had that, a lot of other stuff steamrolled and she was able to deal with other things a lot quicker, you know, within another six or eight months, she was remarkably better. And, you know, and, and I know I'm jumping around, but, you know, the first thing we did was we got her help and then we realized that my wife and I needed help. So we started a parent group in Brooklyn um, of parents or Brooklyn and Manhattan parents of kids with OCD. And that uh, led us to meeting Kelly Anderson, who was a filmmaker. Her daughter had OCD and um, eventually Kelly had always, even from like this day I met her, she was like, I'm a filmmaker. I know there's a film in this, but I just don't know what it is because the filmmaker in me wants to show the whole process and the kids freaking, you know, the, 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 the grips of OCD and a kid just like being in their own head and the dramatic drama of it. But the parent in me knows that that's really not something the kid would want to see five years from now. So how do we do something positive or hopeful? Um, and she had an idea a couple of years later and she approached me about making the film and, you know, we, we created unstuck and, that was for, for me and for us and even Allie, my wife, was a way to give back to people that had helped us show a resource, show a process to other people that, you know, that um, we had gone through and that could work um, and to give hope to people because a lot of stuff you read, it's scary. Everything's in print form, these big giant books and you just, like I said, you have to trust the process, but to s- create a, a video that allowed people to see the process or have kids explain the process um, we just wanted to try to give hope and a way to, you know, like kickstart the idea that you can get better. Um, not to sugarcoat the idea that it's easy or that it's instant or that it's not hard, but the idea that there, you know, it's not just this negative thing that it, there can be hope and help. Yeah. And I think you do a good job because the, the film is uplifting and it's really hard to take OCD and make it uplifting. You know, it's a hard topic to, to inspire other people. And there's such a lack of education. And I think people, not everybody is a researcher, you know, like I'm one of those people where I'm going to like read everything I possibly can when my kid has something, but most parents don't have the time and, and aren't going to get through those books necessarily. And even if you do, sometimes they're confusing, especially when you're talking about exposure response prevention. Yeah. That's kind of a bizarre concept. And so I think yeah, I, you know. I, would, I would tell people to Google uh, research to a point. Um, I think there is a really 
easy way to get lost in a lot of the information, start going down roads like, well, if I you know, do some um, diet or try some essential oils or stuff, which are things that can help. But at the end of the day, they're, you know, in my head, they're not going to cure. So there's like you, uh, we, the books were a great resource for us. Um, and there are some good ones that I think are the therapists have made accessible to, you know, they're not so clinical that you're like, Oh my God, I feel like I need a PhD to understand this. <laughs> um, and we've put a lot of those resources on our site and there's books for kids, which are very helpful too. even Vanessa when you know, the, the initial thing that Vanessa would do with uh, her sister, Charlotte was like, read these books, um, like, uh, up and down worry Hill and mm-hmm. blink, blink clop, just like. I just to get her an idea like this is going through my head. Um, so her sister wouldn't try to understand her. So the grandparents would try to understand. Um, and, you know, so I think it's like, um, I would say, you know, like when I said research earlier, you know, definitely do that. And then, um, you know, stop at a certain point. Yeah. <laughs> or get, get yourself into uh, trust in the therapy. And then I, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing to try different diets or try different foods, but, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's the therapy that helps, you know, everything else is going to be, it, it might be a, um, be a way to help cope or ease anxieties, but, um, you know, it's the day to day one of the best advice I think our therapist gave us early on was cause you know, you're in the throes of everything. You're feeling, well, she's got after school, she's got this, she's got that, she's got homework. We have play dates. We don't want her life to stop. We don't want her to be stuck in the house. And our therapist was you know, you know, gave us like a verbal, uh, <laughs> just like uh, verbal talking to. And it's just like eat exposures are the most important thing you have to do every day. So we don't, she's like, it's more important than homework. It's more important than a play date. It's more important than soccer practice. It's more important than gymnastics. Like if you don't do that and you don't get her mental health better, nothing else is going to matter. So it was weird to have somebody else give us permission to say, all right, you didn't do your reading tonight. So what? Yeah. And to say it's okay if the grades don't keep up and um, Vanessa has always been a good student. So we, you know, we didn't have to deal with those struggles. She didn't Mm -hmm. really struggle in school as much. There were some issues, but it was mostly in the home. Um, But to have somebody else give us permission to be like, okay, this is the thing you have to do. And you come home at night and you take off your, you know, you take off your coat and you say, how was your day kids? And then it's like, okay, Vanessa, here we go. That'd be your exposures. Yeah, which is, is great. I, cause I think as an OCD therapist myself, I feel like that's sometimes the hard part too, is making parents, and this doesn't sound like it was part of your struggle, but getting them to see that exposure should take precedence over everything. That is the most important thing because they're not going to be able to function at those after school activities, or they're not even going to be able to go to school if they don't get over the OCD and, and start doing the exposures. Yeah, there were subtle things. We realized that everything was worse when Vanessa didn't get a good night's sleep mm-hmm. uh, or didn't wasn't as rested. Good night's sleep was hard, too, because OCD affected a lot of things at night. But if we didn't try to stick to more of a, okay, try to get her at least six to eight hours or at least attempt to, um, it made things a little easier for her to fight. And um, telling her firsthand, this is what we're going to do. You know, like, you, you don't have a choice in this. And that's a good thing, I think, about when you, when you're a parent of a kid, the advantage you have is that like you can, they, they listen to you and you have to, um, you know, I mentioned it's harder with teenagers and adults, but it was, you know, we, every day we left 10 minutes early 
um, before school. And every day we would, there was some trees she was afraid of every day. We would walk in front of the trees. She knew that every day. And it was like, Vanessa, there's no way that if sands or buts about this, you will do something every day. And there were days when it took her two hours to get to school, but you know, it, we did it. How did you motivate her to do uh, that? There were um, a lot of small and big, big rewards. The reward system worked very well for her. Um, you know, we realized quickly that the negative stuff really didn't work as well. Punishing didn't make sense. Um, so, we, you know, some of the, uh, like, small rewards, you would um, earn TV time, you earn time on an app, or big things like, um, you know, we were... Uh, she wanted to go see Katy Perry in concert. So I was like, okay, it was like six months away. So we said, all right, we're going to, you know, if you keep, if you show us that you do this, you don't have to succeed, but if you stick to it and you do it, then we will, you know, we'll take you to the concert. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, um, she knew that she didn't have to be perfect. She knew she didn't have to overcome anything. We didn't want to set unreal expectations. It was more like you have to commit to this. And if she shows she committed it, it's good. And then, um, so those reward systems generally had worked. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was good. Little, little ones and big ones. Um, and like, you know, I, the example that I gave was, is, was an expensive one, but, um, you know, we've done just like watch the TV show you want to watch. Um, you know, she had, she had this trend where she liked these little squeezy dolls. She was like, okay, you know, you show us five days that you'll get a little squeezy doll. That was $2, you know, yeah. so little things that make things work. And, and I do think those motivators, those reinforcements are so important because um, I rarely meet a kid that's, that's going to really do exposures on their own. You know, they need, mm-hmm. they need that parental motivation um, with my son. He's not going to do anything and he's not going to eat anything without some sort of Robux. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, that's how we speak in my house is, you know, do you want to do this exposure challenge? And then he's like, well, what is this worth? Is this a 99 cent Robux or, <laughs> and I think a lot of times parents have an, un- one, I think some are uncomfortable with it mm-hmm. because they're like, why do I have to bribe them to do something? And two, I think a lot of times parents don't provide that as much, you know, they, they forget or they don't motivate their kids and then the exposures aren't happening. And as a therapist, I know I only can do so much in the office, you know, 90% of it absolutely. 99% is, is at home. I mean, you're really, you, the therapist gives the, the parents and the kid the homework and then it's up to you to check in and do it. Um, you know, you as the parent and the kid, we tried to be creative about things. Uh, it's a tremendous amount of trial and error. Uh, a lot of, you know, two steps forward, five steps back. And once, you know, like to figure out what works, we created these, she was, she had some clothes she wouldn't wear. So we had these games where we would throw them to each other across the house or across the room. Um, it was like, we'd throw a boot and then we'd do silly things like, okay, like put it over your head. And then I would do it and she would do it. And you, so you do some stupid things. You do things that maybe you're uncomfortable with. Um, you know, we would try to do little things that showed to like, I hate mushrooms. I just don't like the taste of them. So it was like, okay, I'm going to do my exposure. I'm going to eat some mushrooms, like just things like that to show some solidarity, but also try to be a little creative about it. So she understood that, you know, not to make a game out of it, but, you know, have some fun. They are kids. They, you know, so it's not so total torture. Yeah. And I do Um, think if you make it fun, then kids are more likely to do it. And if you, I think sometimes parents will look at exposures as like, I have to sit down and do this like homework. 
And I tell parents, we don't have to look at it that way. Like life is full of exposures. So when you see something that maybe you want to avoid, then you, you can make it fun. You know, you can put toilet water in a water gun and shoot at people. Like you can, I think if you think outside of the box and you do fun things, kids are more likely to, to, to do it as well. Oh, we made, um, we had a recipe for vomit that we made. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun and it stunk, but they had fun making it. So, you know, little things. Yeah. And I think with, with throw up, I mean, there are whole websites um, full of really creative ideas. Um, just last week I had a girl in my office and we were doing ex- exposures for throw up. And I have this loop of someone throwing up. It's just an audio. And after a while it started to sound like a beat. It's just like, you know, and so we're dancing to it. And I think you can, you can make things fun. And I think that kids will, will progress a little bit further. So I wonder what, what would be your best advice for parents who are just starting out with this struggle and just figuring things out? Um, they, the now, you know, four years later than when we started, I think there's some good, there's some good communities out there um, to join and get help with. And, you know, like on Facebook, um, there's a lot of closed Facebook groups where people will give you, you know, you can, pose your question and get some different responses. I definitely think you have to commit to researching, reading some books about OCD. Um, uh, What's your favorite I'm, book? I'm, well, um, there was, uh, uh, off the top of my head, I need to, I need to like look, <laughs> uh, look up the name of it, but I'm actually reading John Hirschfeld's book right now. Like um, when your loved one has OCD, and I think it's That's really fabulous because um, I had never really thought about, he brings up as like this physical pain. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, it would hurt if you broke your arm. Well, imagine that kind of pain, but that's, you know, but it's going on in somebody's head about OCD. And so yeah. um, that helped me think about it differently. Um, so I like that one. I wouldn't say that should be the first book somebody should read. I really liked, um, and forgive um, I'm looking at uh, like a resource page on the site right now. Um, the, it was called, um, uh, when a family member, I uh, know, um, talking back to OCD, yeah. I really liked, and also, um, free, freeing your child from OCD. Yeah. Those are two good. of my favorites too. Um, and I think, was it freeing your, uh, OC, um, the one that is talking back to OCD was like written for kids and parents. So like kids, uh, we did that as part of a free therapy program where we learned about that book and they both read it together. That was good. But freeing yourself from obsessive compulsive disorder, that was really good because that, I think that lays out like the, how exposure therapy works. She gives examples of how, uh, different kids progress in different hierarchies and things like that, which is really, I don't know, gives you a grounding to jump yeah. off of. I mean, yeah. you you have to be, the kids will become, uh, you know, just dovetailing back to the film of that, uh, the kids will become OCD experts based on their therapy. And so you, you as a parent kind of have to do it in your own way um, to understand, you know, different things. The brain might work to have the flexibility to understand how things work, that you can't accommodate, which is hard for parents not to do, that you have to um, learn how to read your kid in a new way, that you have to... Um, be a support. You can't fix them, but you can support them and cheerlead them and reward them and also be the disciplinarian. Um, I know I'm like going all over the place a little bit, but those are good though. Those are really important. I think there's, um, people give excuses. Parents give excuses when your kid is freaking out 
right? Oh, okay, this is OCD, so they're not going to get in trouble. Well, th- our therapist said, look, when your daughter's freaking out, that's not the time. And she's, you could see the anxiety in her eyes. That's not the time to go, okay, you're punished. But if she does something that's against the rules, you know, we would go back and we, Vanessa would, you know, let's say the next day or a couple hours later, she's calm down. We say, okay, when you did this, you know, you ran through the house and you slammed doors. We don't do that. So you're getting in trouble. So she understood that the behavior that was happening, she would get in trouble for. Um, yeah. You know, so I know there are kids that, you know, will, will throw things and like we were hit sometimes. And I was like, we don't do that. You're going to get in trouble for it. Yeah. Those boundaries still need to be there. Yeah, it's not like the yeah right. The boundaries still do exist um, because you can't not still be a parent too. But there's so much learning, and it's hard. And I like you know, it's not like um, next day everything's going to be easy. I mean, you know, this is like like we're still dealing with things five years in. Yeah. So, uh, the big difference now, I would say, with Vanessa and with our family is that when things pop up, we understand how to deal with them. We understand that. Um, Vanessa has this, like, there's the OCD side that's like, oh, my God, this is really scary. At the same time, she's like, okay, I have to get over this. I get it. Um, whereas four years ago, it was like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm going to completely avoid. So she understands that she has to face those anxieties and deal with it. Um, yeah. And that's, to me, from what I learned in the book, that's what she had to learn. That's the point she had to get to. It was like, these things might pop, keep popping up, whether it was 10 years down the road or a year down the road or something new. But as long as she learned the tools to, okay. I have, to, I have to figure out how to fight this in a new way or different way that that was what was important. Yeah. And I think you're bringing up some really good points because one, I think that I think that's a missing piece for a lot of kids is they don't learn one, how OCD works at all. And they don't understand how they have to kind of live in a world where they are always fighting OCD and that it's not our battle. It's really their battle. I mean, I spend so much time in therapy teaching kids what OCD is and I want them to play what I call the OCD game in their head all the time. You know, I'm, I'm having a fear right now. What am I going to do? What level am I going to do? Am I going to do the opposite? Am I going to delay it? Just getting them to have that habit. And I spend so much time trying to teach my child, like to, to always look at the world through their, their OCD glasses. Because I think the other part that you brought up is as parents, I think we get overzealous and we kind of take it on like it's our, we're failing if our children are not doing well. And that's so hard to stomach. I mean, I have three anxious kids, so they all have three totally different issues. So it's exhausting and it's my profession. So I feel like a failure on two levels, you know, like (laughs) mom failure, therapist failure. But then you have to take a step back and say, this is their, this is their battle. This is their journey. Like I can't speed it up because I'm uncomfortable with it. And I, and then you see them backslide and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, What's happening? We need to catch this really quickly. We don't want to go back to where we were, but you can't really control the pace. No, and like like I said, there's a lot of and you just have to get to. Uh, there's a lot of like two steps forward, three steps back, one giant leap forward, and no steps back. You know, you just have to. A lot of times, I think at the beginning, just prepare for things to get worse before they get better. Um, there was dumb things we just found in, fell into. We get at one point we realized that um, we can't. Vanessa has to have a victory no matter how small it is. So if she's like in the throes of her OCD, it's really in her brain. We can't get over it. Um, even just something just happened last week that uh, we're dealing with. It's like she has to have, she has to do something to fight. So even if it's like touching the thing for a second or saying the word just for a second, we it's like it has to have some little victory. And we always, we incorporate into her into that 
was helpful for her because we would say, okay, you can do this or this, but you have to do one of them. So you got to choose this, this, and this. And we'd give her a choice of two or three things. Like you got to do one of them. And generally they would all be um, on the same level. It wasn't like, um, it was like, okay, on the contamination, you have to either kiss me or, um, you know, wave to me from mm-hmm. three miles away. It wasn't that. It was like, they were all on the same level, but she, she could choose, which gave her the feeling of patrol. Um, because she, again, she's the one dealing with this. So she's mm-hmm. got to figure out what she can do. And sometimes she would pick the easy and sometimes she would pick the harder one. Um, but it just, you know, or, or the, the thing that we thought was harder. Um, and that giving her the help and the choice seemed to really, uh, empower her more. Um, and you know, it's, it came important to us that we have to show her that every day that OCD is a giant liar and that's every day she can show that it's a, it's a victory. Even, you know, as she'll get angry if I, if I, if I say this to her, but like sometimes I'll say, how many times has OCD told the truth? You know, you were afraid of, um, you know, you were afraid of that, um, that milk, you know, and you drank it and what happened? You're fine. You know, did you die? Nope. Okay. So who won? Um, you know, we just try to constantly prove and you hope that over time, you know, you're, you're seeding some thought in their brain to, again, to, to keep themselves, you know, their self-esteem up, their confidence up, they understand they can do it. Yeah. And it's a big paper dragon. And so I think it's hard to try to teach kids. I always tell kids, you know, they're like, they think they're on a cliff, but really if they go off the cliff, there actually is a little step right there. And so it's this really scary facade. And I also like the point that you made where you, you want to tell your kids they need to do stuff, like they have to lean into it and do exposures, but then giving them that control. Like yesterday, I sat down with my son and I was like, every day we're going to do a challenge. We call them challenges. Mm-hmm. But I want you to tell me what food you're going to do each day. And so then he was developing, well, okay, this one is a seven and this one's a five. So I'll do that one. And then you want them to develop their own uh, treatment or, or their own kind of ownership. Yeah. Of it. You're listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more parenting support, check out Natasha's parenting e-courses on a variety of topics. Each parenting e-course includes a series of teaching videos that can be watched at your own pace. For more information, visit anxioustoddlers.com forward slash parenting hyphen videos. So I want to move into talking about Unstuck a little bit more. I, I think this is really helpful. I don't think there's anything else out there that is as helpful visually for kids. I bought it and I keep it in my practice. And whenever I'm about to start doing exposure therapy, I say, take this home, watch it. Because otherwise, parents and kids look at me like I'm crazy. You know, when I talk about we're going to, you know, talk about toilet water or we're going to sit here and watch vomit videos, they're kind of like, what is your problem? Like, parents think that I'm crazy. So, having like this official documentary and saying here, you know, this is a little bit of what it is, gives it a lot of validity. And it also makes kids feel hopeful because it's all about kids talking. So can you talk a little bit about what's in the documentary? Sure. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, the the basic storyline, if you will, is we have six kids, all different types of um, OCD issues from like uh, just right perfectionism, um, 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 uh, superstitious, um, thoughts, superstitious thoughts, contamination, um, uh, scrupulosity, um, 
So they kind of describe in the beginning what their issues were, how it affected their family. There's a middle part of the film where we discuss, we have two siblings talk about how it changed their family, uh, how it affected their lives. And then um, kind of the back half of the film is all about how, what they learned about OCD, how uh, exposure therapy works, um, how they made plans, some victories they had. Each one of them kind of talks about um, different ways they learned to fight it. Um, all the kids in the film had different type, or different therapy, went different to different, somewhere in like inpatient, somewhere in outpatient, some, um, you know, dealt with it uh, in their own town. Some had to like move to other places to learn. So they have a lot of different different experiences, but it gives from beginning to end a good outreach of like how OCD affected you and then how it affects the family and how, you know, you learn uh, how they the exposure and response prevention therapy can help and get you to have control of your issues. And I, I think what you said is probably the biggest thing. If, if kids don't get anything out of it or parents don't get anything out of it other than I'm not alone and there are other kids with me, we've done our job. Cause that was the hugest thing for our kids. You know, personally, Vanessa always, she would say to us, I'm not going to believe OCD is real until you show me another nine year old girl. And when she met somebody that, was nine or 10 uh, we just got lucky and the girl that had the appointment before us happened to have OCD when that light clicked off I think Vanessa realized okay you my parents are not lying to me my parents are actually maybe telling the truth maybe this thing you know in the beginning she kept saying OCD is not real this is just me you want to you know why do you want to turn me into uh, Fred you know I want to be me and this is me so meeting somebody else and knowing that you're not alone, I think is a huge, can be a huge motivator, can be make you feel not so lonely. And so if we can do that, um, you know, there's a big, big win for us. And a lot of people, a lot of therapists have told us kind of what you said, it, it's a it's like the first homework, you know, you have your first intake session and it's like, here's a DVD of your homework, just yeah. go watch it. Yeah. Um, and that's, really that's great. Yeah. And I think, I think the biggest lie that OCD tells kids across the board is you're crazy and nobody else thinks this way and don't tell anybody because they're going right. to think you're crazy. And so the, the first thing is normalizing it and letting them know how common it is and that they're not alone. And the video is just a great visual for that because I can sit there in my office and say, I just sit here all day and hear these stories. You're not alone. I can introduce you to a zillion other kids. They're kind of like, yeah, whatever. But then I'm like, right. here's this film and that really brings it home because the kids are talking, which you can't replace that. There's just so much power in that. Yeah. And we were lucky, you know, the things that we had to do like behind the scenes was just make sure that, um, you know, the kids that we uh, ended up speaking with could talk um, about their issues, that they were knowledgeable about OCD because the, we realized early on that um, we never really wanted adults in the film. Mm -hmm. Um, because there's, when you throw an adult or a parent or a doctor into there, suddenly it kind of undercuts what the kid says. And then it's like, Oh, okay. Then here's the authority figure. But the kids are so smart and insightful that we realized, uh, that we didn't need even title cards to kind of explain the process. We have one in the beginning, uh, just to kick off the film. But initially we had, okay, there's going to be like title cards that will explain what the kids are going to talk about. But then we realized that we had enough footage where the kids explained it themselves. Um, and there's just so much power. Um, we presented at um, the OCD Action Conference in London uh, last month. 
And it was interesting that so many adults would come up to us and say, God, if a kid can do this, why can't I? Yeah. And, uh, so you initially realize, well, the film has more power than it just to parents and kids that can talk to everybody, even people who don't have OCD. Maybe it's a great resource to say this is what it is. So um, they have a better understanding of it. So yeah. Um, yeah, we're happy with the with the, the response it's got, and um, later this year we'll be able to give it to everybody. So it'll be it'll be a, it'll get a good more awareness, hopefully. Yeah, it's gotten a lot of traction, which I think is great because because um, it is such a helpful tool. So, are parents not able to access it yet? Um, we have um, there's two things. One, because we have a distribution deal, uh, we aren't able to um, share it to people just yet. But the main reason is because um, the first release, the like year release of the film, is only your only chance to enter into film festivals. So if you have a film that everybody can access, the film kind of disqualifies you. So the first uh-huh. kind of year of the film was doing a lot of um, film festivals, which we're in the middle of now. Uh, we have a few we're about to announce next month, which are cool. Um, and then, you know, so hopefully by later this, I think by later this summer, uh, we'll be, we'll be finished with that. And we can just say, you know, we'll probably have a streaming option that everybody can get or anybody can buy DVDs. Uh, but one of the ways we were able to kind of get around that, where we have a community screening option where if you, um, if you create screenings, your host a screening of at least 10 people, you can buy the film. We created a discount. So we were, you know, aware that, um, the market that we need to serve, we had to wait a little bit to serve. So we little ways to like allow parents to get it that way. Um, really trying to do a lot behind the scenes to get therapists to understand it, to see it, go to conferences, uh, email by email list, send the, you know, emails out to people, connect with people just so they get an idea of this is an important resource. And like you have, like get it, buy it for your practice and then give it as homework. And um, so therapists can buy it. So mm-hmm. There's a professional license. You can buy it and then you can use it as a tool because yes. I know a lot of therapists listen and watch kind of my work. And so they can access it and then use it kind of as part of their therapy. Yes. Therapists, professionals, administrators, schools, everybody can purchase the film through uh, New Day Films. We have links on our website. So that is, you know, that from day one, we can do that. Um, it's yeah. also available on a streaming service called Canopy, which most um, colleges have. So uh, if you're an educator or administrator in a college, you can kids can stream it and watch it. You can use it as part of your curriculum. But it is available for any therapist to purchase at the moment. Um, we've had, you know, one of our uh, some of the big um, treatment centers like Rogers and McLean. They bought it and they they came to us initially, even after our premiere at the OCD Foundation conference last year. And we're like, we want this. How fast can we get it? So that's, that's cool. good to see. Yeah, so they they can embrace us. We just have to, um, it's really just parents and individuals that uh, we have to wait a little bit longer, but yeah. Uh, any therapists out there, please go to our site, <laughs> click the yeah, link. And, it's such um, a good tool. I'll, and I'll leave links in the show notes for my podcast and on the YouTube. Um, I'll put them down below, but I, I do feel like it's such a good thing to just, it's the first homework assignment. Uh, and, well, to that point, one thing we realized was that we, you know, um, we created this like very short five part series called extra help, which um, is meant to kind of be an addition to and for any therapist that buys it, gets access to it where it's like um, uh, little short two let's say two minutes or less videos where the kids talk about their first exposure, their first fear, um, things that are meant to hopefully help kids open up in therapy. 
and understand again, like, because they're not alone that these other kids can talk about it. I can talk about it too. Um, so we created these like little five videos, which, you know, can be an extra help, you know, watch it with your, watch it with the kid in therapy or, um, then anybody that buys a film can get, because to your point, we realized that people were using this as homework. So, uh, any ways we can help the therapy process or how kids open up, uh, you know, would, would, is going to benefit everybody. So do they get the videos with that? Um, basically if you buy the film, uh, we get record that you bought it and then we, um, email you a, the link and the password to this, uh, to this extra help series. There's one of them. That's one of them. If you search like unstuck extra help, one of them is available to watch as an example. And then we have oh. four others. Yeah. I'll so many people like have, that. yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I, um, as I, as you were talking, I'm like, and I'm saying, and I'm like, I wonder if Natasha has this yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I want that. It's, uh, and we have that, like our new day page has all that information on it and oh, quotes cool. from different therapists and stuff. So we, 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 we um, we initially decided, we initially had this idea of like, uh, if you bought the film, you could Skype with either us or one of the kids, but I think it was much more, it was much easier to, create these videos uh, and use that as an option to say, Hey, you know, as an incentive to get the film. And kids want videos. It's so funny because yeah, kids will go and watch my YouTube videos and they'll listen to my YouTube videos more than they'll listen to me in my office to the point where sometimes I'll be like, I'll plop a video in front of them of me. And I'll be like, here, watch this. This is, it can explain what OCD is and they'll watch it and they'll be more intense watching my iPad than watching me in my video. And they'll be like, oh, it's just so much better when I see it on YouTube. <laughs> I'm like, whatever works. So I think having those visuals, um, that's just how kids consume their information. Yeah, and there's so much more now, um, you know, the four, year, the four years after we started, there's so much more now than many people talking about it, many people doing their vlogs about it, many people just using social media, using hashtags about it. So there's a lot more that you can access that's supportive tools, motivational tools. Um, you know, I think social media can easily be a negative. Um, but, you know, if I found the right places to look and found people and try to promote the people that are doing the things that need to be said. Um, and, you know, if, if more kids can find that. I mean, I'm actually some ways it's weird because I'm connecting with a lot of young people that are, that are, you know, they are taking their voice and, and putting it to social media. Um, and it's really cool to see because I, you know, that would have been, that would have made a life a lot easier for us four years ago. Cause I could have yeah. said, Vanessa, she's this little girl. She just recorded an Instagram story about her OCD. See, look, she's real. Yeah. Which um, is so neat. Getting, getting more kids to do that. Is and it's it's happening that when that's I guess the good thing. A lot of the I don't know if you find the same thing, but a lot of kids that we meet at like the OCD Foundation conference, that you know, let's like, say teenagers, they're all like, "Well, yeah, we're studying to be psychologists. We want to be therapists. We want to be OCD therapists." So yeah, I always say, hopefully, the next generation, another ten or fifteen years, that the statistics go down of like of diagnosis. You know, they say between eight and nine years, most people wait. Well, hopefully that'll go down, and hopefully there'll be a lot more treatment options because we need that which is, the, I think, still the biggest problem. People will say, well, I have a therapist in my area, but they don't do OCD or have to drive an hour and a half. And, you know, and the expense of it all, uh, those are things hopefully will change over time too and adjust as more therapists start to deal with it, more awareness starts to become. Yep. The more people OCD. talk about it, the more awareness, and then the more education will be out there. So definitely. Yeah. And thanks for doing your part because I think you're a big part in that momentum. 
Thank you. And, you know, we've, uh, we've connected on social media, I think, because we both have the same goals and it's fan- the program that you have is fantastic. And, um, you know, I use, whenever I find somebody who's like, I don't have therapists in my area or they're not a good therapist, I generally will send them your link to say like, well, here's something to work on. Here's a course. It may not, it's not going to replace the in-person therapist, but at least, you know, it's, it's, it's a guide. It's a, you know, that, and some of the books, it's really helpful to, for people to at least start. Well, I appreciate Um, that. So I think you've provided some great resources and the the consistency is so important. So the fact that you send out an email every week, you produce a video every week or so, write blogs, that consistency is helpful because people need that, like, you know, the reminder and the re and the, the, the reassurance and also this, like the, you know, the new, new tips and tricks that they can learn. And so it becomes a really good resource. Well, thanks. Yeah. I don't feel like anyone should feel like they're alone and there's a lot of free stuff out there that people can just access. So if they don't have an OCD therapist, there's, there's some things that can fill in those holes and, and give people some hope and help. So, oh, yeah. well, cool talking to you. Thank uh, you. Meeting you soon in person. Yeah. You're going to be in DC. I am. That awesome. is the plan. No matter well, what. You- We'll definitely see you there. And thank you so much for having me on. Um, if uh, anybody's still still watching our, our site, um, the film is called Unstuck and OCD Kids Movie. And the website is ocdkidsmovie.com. Perfect. And we also have a Facebook page, the, the same thing. But um, um, I do run, I'm actually, I'm not sure when this is going up, but Sunday I have another Unstuck Kids Speak Out where I go live with a kid who has OCD and we talk about the issues. So um, we do that every week too. Yeah. And I've also found that, you know, we couldn't cast everybody. You know, we, we initially wanted to have like 10 or 15 kids, but you realize the more people you have in the film, the harder it is to get to know somebody. So a lot of the kids that we weren't able to cast in the film for various reasons, I'm, I'm going back to them saying, I want to talk to you now. Here's your chance to tell your story or here's a chance to talk to other people. And, um, a lot of parents and kids are, how, uh, you know, we're able to kind of like connect that way for an hour a month. So, um, that's cool. a way to extend the message. Yeah. So definitely check out your Facebook page so they can, they can see the live stream of stuff like that. Yeah. All right. Take care. Thank you so much, Natasha. Thanks sure. everyone for watching. All right. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to AT Parenting Survival Podcast. For more tips and parenting support, visit anxioustoddlers.com.